1: You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your hosts, Dana and Shayna. Today, we are here on this rainy, blustery, cold day, at least here in Southern California. And we are wanting to share and talk about breath work. Lately, we have been having these really crazy experiences, and we have been waiting to even talk about them with each other to do it on the podcast because every time that we have a conversation like this, we're like, oh my gosh, we should have been recording or we should have been sharing this with other people because shit is insane <laughs> in breath work. <laughs> I don't know if, if you're listening and you've done breath work and it's been a crazy experience for you, but every time that we have done breath work, it has been so profound and so healing.
0: Yeah, I know. And I love that we make each other wait to tell each other while we have our podcast going, because I have been waiting and thinking like, I wonder what Shena's breathwork was about. Cause we were doing them at the same time, but like in different locations. So I am so excited to have this conversation right now because I've been patiently waiting, but it's interesting, you know, with breathwork and learning more about it, we've talked about it on the podcast before that it has been a really powerful modality for us for a lot of years. It has been a huge catalyst in our growth, in our spiritual journey. For me personally, I've had some of the biggest like revelations, aha moments, and just like reaching uh, higher states of consciousness and like altered states of consciousness where I get these really powerful downloads about life and about my life and about you know, just the universe and the way that the universe works. So much of that has come to me through breath work. So it's been a pivotal point in my growth in understanding myself better, but also in understanding life better. And, you know, one of the best ways that I access my intuition and really like, you know, connecting with beings on other dimensions and all of that kind of stuff for me happens in these altered states that you can reach with breath work. And so you know, plant medicine journeys and breathwork journeys, for me, they have been equally as powerful in just kind of like different ways. It's been something that I've loved for those reasons. But more recently, I've been discovering how much doing breathwork and, you know, having these somatic releases and, you know, healing our nervous system and coming into these more regulated nervous system states, how much that expands our window of tolerance of what we're able to face in this lifetime from a place of body awareness, right? And the more we are tapped into our breath and we are, you know, regulating our system and expanding that window of tolerance, the more we're able to face our fears head on. And, um, I think that that is so important in this human design journey, because in order for you to really honor your design, in order for you to really follow your authority and say yes to something, even though you have no idea how it's going to turn out, that takes facing fear for so many of us. Right. And If we're not able to face that fear because our nervous system is kind of shutting down and blocking us from being able to really follow through or feel our truth, um, then we're not really able to go on this journey. So this whole new level for me is like, this is so important for everyone because facing you, honoring your authority can be super scary, right? It can be way out of your comfort zone. And that's where the magic happens. That's when you decide to really go for something and life is able to unfold and give you all of these amazing synchronicities that are aligned for you. But if we don't have this like ability
1: to really face those fears, then we never get to that place. It's so fascinating. And I think it just takes everything that we've been talking about with human design to this next embodied level. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: Dana and I have been fascinated in breathwork for years now. We've shared a few experiences on this podcast in the past, but we decided recently that we wanted to get certified in breathwork and really learn this modality, learn how to apply it, learn how we can weave it in with supporting our designs, um, supporting other people's designs, right? And so we're doing uh, Tim Morrison's breathwork certification, who we had him on our podcast, and he's amazing. And it's a trauma informed breathwork certification. And just learning so much about our nervous systems and trauma and how our body stores trauma and how we can release that has been so fascinating and so powerful. I just I've always known that our bodies hold information, but I didn't realize how how much our mind can mentally get over something and forgive something and release it to where you don't even think about it anymore, but your body is holding on to that nervous system response and using it in your day-to-day life right now with other things that are unrelated to that experience or initial trigger that happened. And so it's been really fascinating and and deepening my my self-awareness in my day-to-day, moment-to-moment body awareness state. And You know, I've said on the podcast before, and I thought, you know, and I definitely attribute a lot of this to my open centers, like, I'm just, I'm just ahead. Like, I don't have a body. I'm not, you know, it's hard for me to connect with my body. And that's something that I've been working on for the past few years. And it's I've gotten so much better at at connecting with my body. But now really realizing like that those are times where I've been disassociating and Um, I've always struggled with my memory too. And realizing that that's because I've been in this freeze, disassociating state and forgetting things, not being present. So this whole journey on the certification process, we're so excited to be able to Offer this in in whatever way. We don't even know exactly how we want to. We're just following our strategy and authority and um, diving into this. But in this training, we have to do breath work every single week for 12 weeks, like do a session. And I've always done breath work where I've done it. And then maybe a few months later, I'll do another session. I've never done it so close together. And it feels a little overwhelming to my system to be like, okay, shit, we're going (laughs) into like another one. Like my system kind of needs a little bit of more time to integrate. But I also am trusting that I dove into this experience for a reason. And I'm just going to get, you know, blasted My ass is getting blasted. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's so true. Normally I have like four months to
0: integrate the one experience, but this doing it every week, it's almost like they're building on top of each other. Yeah. and, And creating like one overall
1: cumulative experience. Yeah. It's crazy. So we wanted to share our experiences. We'll probably be sharing a lot more throughout the coming weeks, just because it's so... I found it so helpful, and I know in the past other people have found it helpful. If you're curious about breath work, I really highly recommend exploring it with someone that can hold a safe space for you. And everybody's breath work journey is different. You know, you can have memories come up, and you feel it in your body, and it's very like somatic, and you have this energetic release that happens in your body to like discharge that energy that's been stuck there. Or you can have just like an energetic release without having any idea of what it's from and no memories or visuals or anything coming up, but you your body is still discharging whatever energy it's been holding to or that's blocking it. Or you can have an experience where you like literally go to other dimensions and you have this like Insane, like quantum healing, crazy visual experience. And it really is different every single time. And so some people do breath work and it's like, that was amazing. I just felt so grounded. I felt, you know, really loved and safe and held and released really something. I don't know what. And then other people do breath work and it's like, oh my gosh, I blasted off to space and like met an alien. And <laughs> had some crazy shit happen, which that's like Dana and I half the time. And yeah, so it's just a fascinating modality. And it's all through you being your own medicine. Like it's through your own breath. And that's another thing that's been on my mind or just that I've been pondering lately is the idea that our breath, our words, are voice, like singing, like those are the things that we have to give as humans. And like when you are giving a gift, that's like you're re-giving something that was either made or from the earth. And like really the things that come like straight from us come out of like our touch or our voice, our breath, and like this breath being this portal to your soul, to your healing, to your medicine. It's just so powerful. So I'm really excited and just interested and fascinated. And I don't know where this is all going to go, but I am open and just getting cracked more and more open every single week with this breathwork journey. So this episode is probably going to be a little long because we have four journeys to share here, two between the two of us, um, but we'll try to keep them um, pretty brief, right?
0: Yeah. One of mine is longer and then one of mine is shorter. I feel like as far as story to tell, do you want me to go first or are you going to go first? Me? Yeah.
1: You go first because you ground us. <laughs>
0: okay. So um, I guess to kind of preface the story, first, I want to say two things. One is that I struggle with claustrophobia and i always have and so does my mom and so does my brother so i always thought maybe it was something that i like inherited from my mom or maybe it was something i learned from my mom like she's claustrophobic and so i like observed her and thought i am too um and i it's manageable for me but it's definitely something that is like a day to day thing for me like i'm in someone else's car and there's a lot of people in there and the ceiling is really low and the whole time i have to be focused on Just staying calm and staying with my breath. And I'm like, you're fine. Don't freak out. Like you're in a car. People do this every day. So that's the first thing that I want to say before I start. The second thing is the day before we did this breath work, my husband and I were driving down from visiting our family from the holiday and we drove past Mono Lake which is in the mountains in Eastern California, in the Eastern Sierras. And it is such a sacred and special place. It always has been for me, really near Yosemite National Park. If you've heard of Yosemite, then uh, Mono Lake is really close to that. Um, And when we were driving down these beautiful snow-covered mountains and we come down over Mono Lake, which Mono Lake is incredible. It has all of these Uh, Tufas, which are like these, looks like planet Mars or something, these white, um, like monoliths that come out of the water. And like you just feel like it's an ancient, sacred, like alien world. And the water is so salty that you can't swim in it because it's so ancient. It's like this ancient lake. So we drive down these mountains and we come to Mono Lake, and the whole Mono Lake is covered in a cloud cover where the clouds are meeting exactly where we were. So we pull over, we get out of the car, we're on the top of this snowy mountain, like the very summit, looking down over Mono Lake, the clouds are coming right to our feet. And I just felt this, charging in my body like an electricity and this is not in breath work this is just regular life the day before breath work I feel this charging like this electricity coming into my body and I'm like whoa that was weird what was that and I'm like well, I mean I guess it's just this powerful place that I'm in so anyways then we come the next day we do our first breath work session and the facilitator asks us to remember one of our first childhood memories And I have really, really early memories, like from being a baby. And so one of my first really clear, strong memories is when I was two years old and my parents were like in the middle of their divorce, like they were getting, already getting a divorce. And I was in my room and my mom and my dad were fighting in the kitchen and they were screaming at each other. And me as a little tiny baby, two-year-old, I remember thinking in my head, like, this is so scary. I want them to stop yelling at each other, screaming at each other. But instead of just going out there and like crying or like asking them to stop, I like came up with this plan to go out there and say something funny to like distract them. And then, then they would stop fighting. So like, I found these little like glasses, like, you know, the heart glasses, but mine were stars on the lenses. And I put them on and I went out to the kitchen and I like said something funny thinking that they would like stop fighting, even though like inside I was really scared. And they both just like looked at me and didn't laugh. And I remember thinking like, oh, they didn't laugh. Like I thought that they would and that they would stop fighting. And my mom like put me back in my room and by myself. And then they like kept fighting in the kitchen. So that memory was presented to me. And, you know, of course, thinking in this like nervous state, nervous system response, that's obviously like a fawn response, even as a two-year-old, like feeling so unsafe, but instead of speaking up or crying or, you know, being vulnerable, I like thought to have this like elaborate plan to like be funny instead of like scared and to try to like people please them as a baby, y'all, which is just crazy to me because wow. it's crazy that I can remember that response and like at the time that was an adaptive thing to do like i felt my body felt like that was going to keep me the safest but then like how do i carry that bond response even from such a young age and now it's just in my system of like dealing with things in that way and making light of it instead of like letting it be you know sad or letting my voice be heard or whatever it is so that was the first thing and then immediately after that memory i got brought into a second memory which was maybe only a month after that occurrence where my dad had moved out of our house and he was staying with a friend because he didn't have his own place yet. And so my brother and me and my dad were staying at his friend's tiny little one-bedroom apartment. We were sleeping on a mattress in his kitchen, my dad's friend's kitchen, all three of us in one bed. And I was, you know, I remember being like, this is not my house. Like I'm sleeping on the floor of a kitchen. Like I don't have any of my stuff. Like where's my mom and being crowded in this little tiny bed, having to share a bed with three people in like a teeny tiny little kitchen and feeling so claustrophobic. And like, I needed like more space and like I needed to get free, but I was just stuck there. There was nothing I could do. Cause I'm, you know, such a young child. And I remember telling my dad, like, dad, I'm uncomfortable. And he's like, why? And I was like, I, I don't know. I think maybe it's cause I don't have any of my stuffed animals. And he's like, oh, my friend probably has a stuffed animal. So he like goes to, I go to his friend and I'm like, do you have any stuffed animals that I can use? And he had this like stuffed animal that remember the commercials that was the peanut with the top hat and the monocle and the like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he had that, but it was like canvas and it was super fucking creepy. And I was like, I do not want that stuffed animal. It's so creepy. He was like, take it. And I felt bad as a tiny little kid. I didn't want to make him feel bad about like me not liking his stuffed animal. So I took it and I slept with it and I had this fucking creepy stuffed animal. So claustrophobic in this tiny space that was so foreign to me. I felt so trapped. So in my breath work, as I'm remembering all of this, my My body felt like it was being sunken and trapped into my bed that I was laying on, you know, here and now doing my breath work. And I felt like I was suffocating, like I couldn't breathe. And my whole body felt completely weighed down, trapped, like I was almost being like buried in the earth, like buried alive kind of feeling. And it was super scary. And then all of a sudden, I just like jolted and my whole body like broke free. And I ripped off the blanket that was over me and I started breathing again really deep and really heavy. And like, I swear in that moment, I rid myself of some of my claustrophobia. And I think that that being so young and my parents going through that divorce. And then also at the same time, my brother was diagnosed with cancer. And so we were like in and out of the hospital. Like it was just like a really chaotic, scary time for me, but I was so young that I don't remember it that well. Like I kind of feel like, ah, like it happened, but I was so young. So I realized that some of that claustrophobia was just from feeling stuck from feeling like I couldn't you know, have what I needed or say what I needed and the people pleasing to try to be safe in my environment and not speaking up and not, not having my own needs met and from being able to shake my body free and like untrap myself from that weighed down feeling. Yeah. It's been only like a week since that, but I feel like my claustrophobia is like way, way, way less. I mean, I haven't noticed it once since that occurrence. That is insane. I know. Yeah. So that's the, that's the first like whole part of my breath work was like that trauma that I didn't realize was there at all. Even though I remember those memories, like I wasn't really clear of like what it was storing in my body and the fawn response and the freeze and all of that stuff and how that's connected to the claustrophobia that I feel now. And then after that, I had that you know huge like physical release of Breaking Free. Then I was taken to the mountains over Mono Lake again that I had just been at the day before. I was like shown there in like a vision. And I was shown as I was standing there, where I was standing, where I felt those tingles coming at my leg. and there's this insane cloud cover that's coming to my feet. In my breath work, I started seeing these flashing lights in the clouds like these light codes. and it was like in a, on a computer when it's coding and it's zeros and ones and they're flashing through space. And they were also the lines of a hexagram, the broken lines and the solid lines, the yin and yang being the zeros and the ones in the code. Oh my and God, coding <laughs> lights were shooting through the clouds into me. And it was like these light beings that were there, giving me this activation and charging into my body these really powerful codes that were like the codes of leadership and power and true abundance and strength and bravery and courage and like specifically abundance codes to help me really like amplify the vision that I have And that was really powerful to feel like I just felt it so deeply coming to me and penetrating through my body. And the day before, before this, I had had that experience, but not known what was happening. And now in this breath work, I was meeting these light beings like energetically. I didn't see them, but I felt their presence and that they were sending me these codes. And for me specifically, it was really powerful because I had this whole experienced before of releasing trauma around, I'm going to say, fawning, you know, playing small, putting other people's needs before my own. And in this activation from these light beings, it was like playing big, like using your voice, like standing up as a leader and having the resources, bravery, courage, strength to go that route. And, you know, I felt the leaders of the new paradigm, just washing through me. And I felt meeting with other leaders of the new paradigm in our retreat that we're doing in Bali. I felt the activation of those abundance codes and knowing that if you are here to lead this, you are supported. And these light beings are sending you codes and trying to send you activations to help you have this like quantum leap to this next level. And it's one of those things that's really difficult to explain, but I felt so powerfully charged. Like it was such a crazy experience to be receiving these codes and to be meeting them and to be feeling the frequencies of this like powerful leadership, abundance, strength, bravery, activation. So that was my
1: (laughs) first experience. I am like mind blown. And also like this whole time I've been muted, but I've been just like jaw on the floor Holy shit, because A, I've known you for so, like, I don't know, 15 years now, and I know your claustrophobia, and I know how driving is for you, and it's always just been like, yeah, Dana's claustrophobic, and she doesn't like being in the car, and, you know... It, we just, like, totally accepted it. And to have that memory come forward when it wasn't something you were searching for, wasn't something you were trying to, like, get an answer to, and to have that come forward is just insane with that memory of, like, of life being claustrophobic and then fawning your way out of it because that's also like you in the car is like, no, it's fine. Like, I'm okay. And like, so what do you guys want to listen to? And like totally not wanting to inconvenience anyone with your claustrophobia. Yeah. So true.
0: Like trying to contain it and not be like, make like a big deal out of it. And instead being like, no, if you want to sit in the front, you sit in the front, even though like I'm claustrophobic as shit and I'm on the brink of a panic attack back here.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. And that fawning coming through. And I think that the fawn response is so underrated. Like people don't realize when they're in a fawn nervous system response, like survival response, as much as like fight or flight, right? Because it's like oh you're just kind you're just thoughtful you're just considerate and then you can really identify with that and be like yeah that's those are the qualities that are good those are what people need from me like that's what that's who i am and i'm not saying that that's you but like in general and especially i feel like a lot of uh generators or mangens who have that on top of their conditioning of people pleasing and sacrificing themselves for others that fawn response is just so subtly in our collective conditioning and in a lot of our nervous system, like survival states, survival responses. So it's just crazy. But um, gosh, and then the clouds at Mono Lake and I, I know Mono Lake well. I grew up like around there and it is like otherworldly and it is sacred. When you are driving past Mono Lake, it, you feel like like it's almost like nobody talks when you drive right. past it because it's just like wow it takes it, your breath kinda, away it does it takes your breath away and in like a in like a not like oh my god this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in my life but in like a this is something that i don't quite understand yes way like this is like otherworldly or like just really sacred really like beyond my my conscious state capabilities of understanding kind of way. And so to get out and be standing there and feel that charge of energy and then to get that in breath work of what that really meant is insane.
0: I know. It was like it was like experiencing it in the 3D, you know, like I was there. It was beautiful and I felt it physically. But then the very next day being taken back there and understanding the deeper level, like seeing the unseen level and like the time loop of like the past, present, future, like it's all happening at the same time kind of feeling. But what I know about Mono Lake is when you drive past there, you're like, if there were some light beings hanging out above earth, like this is where they are. And so, yeah,
1: (laughs) it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: Okay, so I had a similar experience with, I think because before this breath work, we're talking so much about the nervous system and the trauma responses. And so I think I'm assuming both of us, we didn't talk before going into this, but I'm assuming both of us with like wanting to deepen our awareness and self-awareness, I went into this like, okay, I'm going to be really conscious and aware of what my body's nervous system responses are. And so I went into it feeling like, okay, let me really just be accountable and feel what my body's feeling and, and call myself out for when I'm having like a response and like whatever's going to be shown to me is shown. Right. And so I started the breath work. And every time that I've done a breath work session, my body gets super tight. Like super tight and um, almost like it starts in my chest and then my collarbones and it goes up into like my mouth and like my right eye. It's so tight and then it goes sting. I not know. Not your left, that, just your not right. Not my left, just my right oh, eye. Oh, interesting. I know. <laughs> and then it goes into my arms my hands down into my like womb space and my hips and like down into like just the tops of my knees and that's it and it's like so tight that it's like almost like stiff as a board and I was and I that's always been the case every time that I've done breath work and I just thought like that's just you know, breath work. But I was like, oh my gosh, this is a freeze response. And okay, why am I having this freeze response? And what my body's wanting to like discharge this freeze, like why is it here? And with freeze response, as we're learning... You are frozen, but your your mind is running and you're thinking all these things that you want to say and that you want to do or that you're judging or questioning or whatever, but your body is frozen. You're not actually saying any of the things and you're just kind of stuck. And so when he asked, like, think of your earliest childhood memory, I was already in this place of like, okay... I'm having a freeze response. Like, why? Or I'm just gonna feel this and breathe through it. And then he said, "Okay, think of your earliest childhood memory." And I, ha- the first thing that popped into my head, it's it's not my earliest childhood memory, but the first memory that just like was presented to me that I completely forgot was in the morning. I was like four. No, I was I was five because I was in kindergarten. Um, because I remember what school I was at. So in the morning before I went to school my parents got in a huge fight and my mom threw like a cup and it broke and she said um, go to hell and I remember thinking like what does that mean like what is go to hell and I went to school and I was in the the bathroom with like another friend and her classmate and I remember being in the stall and just being like in there forever. Like, I wasn't even going to the bathroom. I was just like stuck in there. And I was just thinking in my head, like, what does go to hell mean? And like, why, like, why did she throw that cup? And like, what's like, this doesn't seem like normal. Do other people's parents like throw cups? Like, is this, I remember um, it was my first moment of realizing that our family household that I grew up in wasn't normal. And it was like the first moment that I realized and started comparing our family and our home to other people's homes. Because as I've talked about before on this podcast, like my my home, I like grew up in a hoarding situation and it was super messy, super, lots of roaches, lots of just, it was bad. Like literally the show hoarders is what I grew up in. And, there's so many people in my life that never, like, I never let anyone into our house once I realized that it wasn't normal. And my mom was always saying, like, you know, someone's going to call Child Protective Services if you let anyone in here. And so wow, she we said just, oh, you know, yeah, like all the time. Can I ask you when she threw a cup, was it like a glass and it shattered? It was a mug. So oh, it, it, it just like, yeah, yeah, yeah it shattered. Uh-huh.
0: So it's like loud and.
1: Yeah. And, I felt that freeze response in my body. And so then I was like, okay, that's coming from that. But then I like had all these memories flushing in of like using that freeze response throughout my childhood. And it was, and I just never realized, like I never thought about all of these things. And and it was very much the feeling of like, my mind has mentally totally, um, gotten over, you know, my childhood trauma and like my mom uh, trauma and a lot of those issues. And even though I don't talk about it here on the podcast, I talk about it very openly in my normal life because it's not, it's almost like talking about a past life to me. And I don't talk about it here on the podcast because I don't really want people to be, I don't want it to be bringing like me back to that space, like reliving that and like, oh my gosh, like that was really hard. Or like going back to kind of that victim mindset and replaying old wounds. It's like, no, I've kind of hashed that out all mentally. So anyways, but I realized in this breath work that my body hasn't hashed it out because then with this like freeze response, like being in my chest and in like up through my face, even and in like my, um, my sacral and like my hips and everything in high school i was doing all the things so my mom had me doing like literally every single thing i possibly could do i was doing so i had band starting at 6:30 every morning and then i had All the classes and then I had two choir classes that I was in. One kept me there till like four. Then I had drama, which I was there till like five. And then I had I took 13 hours of ballet every week. I took college classes. So that way I wouldn't have to take as many college classes once I got to college and it would save us some money. So I was also in Girl Scouts till I was a senior because my mom wouldn't let Uh, any of us quit. And I was literally doing, I was in all the AP classes. I had to get straight A's with everything. I had like a 4.0 GPA, no matter what. So anyways, I was just the overachiever of overachievers. And And, as a projector. And as as a projector. And I was doing all of the things not by choice, like literally not by choice, um, not banned was not by choice. Like there's so many things, all the college classes, like everything was not by choice, but it was like I had to. And if I was, you know, two minutes late to something, I was disowned like completely. And um, I don't want to get into all the details here, but it, made me realize how I was going into either freeze and not saying all the things that I was thinking, but just like sitting in the car and just completely silent, like freezing until we got there. Or I was going into fawn, like, okay, well, I have to be perfect or else I'm disowned. Like I have to be like straight A's, I have to do all the things. I have to be on time and like be the good student, be the good, you know, whatever, or else I'm disowned. And in high school, I lived at my friends' houses and my neighbors' houses, um, just to get out of my house. And so, and I always just thought, like, oh, that's because of my mom, right? And like kind of blaming her, but I realized in this experience that I'm still holding on to that feeling of if I'm not perfect or if I'm not doing all the things, then I'm disowned, like by De Luna, by you, by Brian, by Brian's family, by myself. Like that feeling of like, I am not safe unless I'm doing all the things and I'm doing them perfectly. And I don't mess up at all. And how I bring that energy into my day-to-day life of how I get things done. Like my body feels like the way that you get things done, the way you answer emails, the way you build, work on a website, the way you start a project and finish a project is in this this, uh, freeze and fawn response of just like, put your head down, do it super like kind of tight in my body and just like doing it because if I let a ball drop, like I'm going to be disowned. And I never had that realization before, like ever. And I had this realization with, you know, living at my friend's houses of feeling like I'm a guest in their space. And so I have to follow all the rules. I have to be absolutely perfect. I have to be quiet when they want us to be quiet. And otherwise I'm going to get kicked out and have to go home. Like, I am not their child, even though every time that I would go live with another person's family, they would, like, call me their daughter, and, like, I would call them mom and dad, and it was, like, cute, like, Shane is part of the family, but it's, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm not your family, like, if I mess up, like, or if you decide that you don't like me, like, I'm gone, and so it's, and that's been, like, a reoccurring theme in my life, it's feeling like... Yes, of course, like you can say, like, we're family and you choose your family. But at the end of the day, like, if we got in a huge fight or like we needed certain boundaries, like, I'm gone, right? And so having that, realizing that all of that stuff was underneath this tightness that I've been holding in my body for years and years and years and using as like this motor to get things done in my day-to-day life right now. And I just like, obviously was like sobbing, shaking, like convulsing, like crying, like, oh my God, I didn't realize, like, I did not realize that my body was storing all of this. And it didn't feel like a, oh, it's bringing up all these past memories to hash them out again and like relive my trauma. Like it didn't feel like that because that's what I've always kind of felt with talking about some of this stuff is like, I don't want to rehash out all this shit that I've already done. But it felt like, oh, okay, now it's time for your body. Like your mind has done it, your emotions have done it, spiritually you've done it, but now it's time for your body and like realizing. Like your body can let that go. Like you don't have to do all the things and be absolutely perfect and whatever. You're not going to be disowned. And that kind of messaging, I didn't realize that my body needed. It was mind-blowing to me. So then as I'm having this experience, I kind of like settle in, I discharge that energy and I like kind of just let myself relax a little bit. Like my body stops being so tight. I'm still doing the breathing. I'm still doing it this whole time. But normally in the past in breath work, which is interesting, my body is tight the whole time because I want to do the breath work perfect. I want to keep up with the the breath and I want to get the most out of it. And I want to be the best student. And I've always said, like, I'm an amazing student. Like, I don't remember shit. I'll like, you know, get an A on every single test. But then when it's like the final finale or whatever quiz where it's like everything you've learned all semester, I'll get like a D because I don't remember anything because I'm disassociating when I'm in that freeze state. And I. so that's also another thing that I was realizing is that I don't have good memories because I operate from a freeze and fawn state and And ultimately, like, yes, I have great short-term memory, but long-term, because I'm disassociated there and I'm not fully present, I'm in my mind of, like, how can I do this best? How can I be perfect? How can I get this done from this place? I don't retain those memories because I'm not fully there. And so I then just, like, sobbed and, like, like, and just saying, like, I'm sorry to my body. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I didn't that I've been operating from this place. Like, it's okay, you can let that go, like all of that stuff and just crazy. And I did, it's crazy to me because I'm sure that a lot of people listening and a lot of people in the world operate from that place without maybe realizing it. And yeah, and so then I like was laying there, continuing with the breath, my body wasn't tight anymore. And I started seeing these like doors opening um, first like at the top of my head and like light pouring through and then my feet and then my hands and then like going like all the way down my head basically and up from my feet. And like these doors were opening on like either side of like all angles of my body basically. And light was like pouring through me. And so it wasn't like coming into me. It was like, or out of me, it was like through and, I opened up all these doors around like the outer layer of my body. And then it kept like going deeper and all these doors until I was completely just light and like energy flowing through. And I was like floating in this like abyss of like this glowy, white, sparkly, light energy. Um, And it was like that feeling of like, I am everything. Everything is me. Um, just kind of being a part of everything. And I started seeing like in this uh, mix of everything being everything, right? Um, I started seeing these like orbits around. It was like, I still had a sense of me in it. I think, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I started seeing these orbits around my field. And in these orbits were like the people in my life. And then on another ring was like all the things that Um, Are in my life. And in another ring was like all of the different ideas that are in my life and past, present, future versions of my life and the different things that are going to be that I'm going to create or think or say like it was all these different orbits. And it was almost this feeling of like, I am God. And those things are me and I am them. And they're orb- all these things that I desire, that I think, that I want, that I, the people that I know, um, the things that are in my life currently and have been or will be, like those are all energetically attached to me in these orbits for a reason. And like I can almost just like choose when I want to tap in with any of these things because I am God. And so if I wanna tap in with a past memory, I can. If I wanna tap in with this healing modality or that one, I can. If I wanna tap in with this version of consciousness or that, I can. And um, really like feeling like you are the creator of your current experience, but that you're so limitless that you can change your current experience at any moment by tapping in with whatever you're wanting to that's in your orbit. and so like the idea of like all these different layers of consciousness, right It's like you can choose to tap in with anyone whenever you want. It's not like once you tap in with you know 4d consciousness and you're there forever it's like oh no now I'm gonna now I'm you know in this conversation or reliving this whatever and I'm in this 2d place or whatever it is right and so I was just kind of laying in that and then um, and then I just felt like all of my guides, and ancestors and uh, healers around me, like just just their energy. I'm still in this like floaty, glowy, whatever white light space, and it it like came to meet that that same energy of the earth. And as like our like two rivers, if you will, connected, it turned started turning into like the earth and like earth energy and um. And so I just like laid in that for a while. And then he was like, okay, come back to the room. And I was like, no, bitch, I can't. Like, I'm here. I, there is no room. Like, he's like, start moving your fingers and toes. And, dah, dah, dah. and I was like, no, 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 no. Um, so anyways, and then I was laying there and I welcomed in my younger self that had that tightness and that feeling of like, I'm going to be disowned into like this to like lay into this river of like glowing light um and like kind of disperse into that and just kind of said like this is home like this is home you can't be disowned here it is safe for you to like let go and like relax and release that tightness and that freeze and that fawn and um just be so Anyways, that was my breath work, which was like so profound for me, but I don't know, maybe just really redundant saying it here. Like other people probably listening, like, yeah, cool. No big deal. But like, to me, (laughs) it was so fucking insane. I was like, I was sobbing just so hard realizing that and just apologizing to my body and giving myself that, that like recognition and grace. And then I came back in because I was doing the breath work in the trailer and Brian and the dogs were in the house. And I come back inside after like an hour of just sitting in here processing. And Brian's like, so how was it? I was like, I don't even look at me. Like, don't <laughs> talk to me. Like I can't even function. Yeah. And I just like c- crawled in bed and went to sleep immediately. It was like 830 or nine um, at night. So anyways... Yeah, wow.
0: I had the same thing. Like Jared's like, How was it? I'm like, I I can't. Like, I need, I don't have words. Um, I'm barely vibrating on this plane with the same plane as as we're in right now. But um, (laughs) it's amazing to hear the similarities uh, because we didn't talk about it before. We didn't talk about it after. We were, of course, learning together about the nervous system and all of the different, you know, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, all of the things. But it's interesting to hear how we both have these first and experience of like trauma and like viewing that and then releasing that and discharging that energy. Like first we had to like go in and, and see what was stuck and, and held and discharge that. And after that release, then going into this quantum realm, like this magic space of like higher love and like universal source and like the, power and limitlessness of our ability as this sacred God being living in our bodies. And it's so interesting because I think that those two, like even just talking about the polarities, like you, a helpless child that is not in control of your environment and is stuck in a physical body with this nervous system versus you as an infinite being, God being that is capable of anything at any time and can connect with those with that frequency of love and expansion and ultimate power and all of the things, right? Like even that polarity and going from that journey and, and having holding the contrast, I mean, that's so powerful because that's who we are. Like we are both. And I think for a lot of my life, I've been wanting to connect with the latter more like in my spiritual journey and then not realizing like, but I am still here in this body. Like I have a body and I have to feed it and I need to exercise it and I need to meditate and I need to regulate my nervous system that exists in this body. So, so fascinating, so fascinating. And also just the idea that, you know, what we have conscious awareness of, and then what we have subconscious awareness of, and like being able to tap into those memories that I have the same thing of like, I knew these memories, but I didn't think of them as significant in any way. And realizing that they were these like catalyst turning points for like a new way that my nervous system was being programmed because of that moment.
1: Yeah. And like accountability just keeps coming up because I like for example of like with my friends and and living at their homes, like I used to put that as like blaming my mom, like, oh, like that was a bad situation. Like that's her fault. But but now taking accountability of like, oh my gosh, like I, it has nothing to do with her. Like Mm -hmm. it's me in my body and my nervous system response of like that's what I need to get out of these memories is is how my nervous system is responding and why and how I can be like, it's okay, you don't have to overly give or overly fun And I've been noticing it in little places where I'll do that, like we'll be on a class, a Zoom call, and I'm like nodding in the background. Yeah. Like, oh, I should be nodding. I should be Trying like showing be the that like I'm supported. really, yeah, that it's really interesting or really good or like, you know, be the most engaged. And I'm like, why? Like nobody else in here is nodding as much as I am. Like what's <laughs> wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> like just little places where I'm like, why am I giving the most
0: right yeah. now? Like well, I, I really, to I really like, I think it's really freeing to know that whatever that nervous system response was that your body went into it in that moment, in that memory, it was autonomic. It was automatic. Your body was doing the correct response to the threat that was in that environment. Like your body wasn't wrong. Your body was right. You were experiencing that, that trauma or that, you know, fear or that, um, you know, situation that was you know threatening in some way and so your body had the correct response to keep you safe and so i think on the other hand too it's like there was nothing wrong with me that was helpful and supportive and protecting me from pain in that moment and that that grace and compassion and like forgiveness and you know all of that energy i think is so important that's been a huge theme that's been coming back to me in the last couple of months is like, awareness is everything for sure, but awareness isn't painful if you don't also have forgiveness and compassion and, um, you know, love yourself, love your inner child as your own mother, as your own father. Um, we don't have that. It's this whole experience is just only painful instead of illuminating and ecstatic and full of love and, you know, all of that stuff.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that, um, Well, that I've always held on to in like the pit of my stomach is like waiting for that other, like for the ball to drop, like waiting for someone, me to do something and for them to not like me or for them to disown me or for us to get canceled or for, you know, like something to fucking happen and like the ball drops and that feeling of like, there's going to be something like I'm doing everything I can, but there's going to be something that happens. And then I'm disowned like that story and realize my body is like replaying over and over and over and over again. And it's like letting that go and expanding through that. But one of the things that uh, Gala actually said in one of her tappings, it was like releasing the mother wound tapping. And it really struck me. was like, Even the biggest monster in the entire world has an origin story that would break your fucking heart. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yes, that is true. I like sobbed when I was tapping that because it's like, yes, and I can still have compassion and understanding and like uh, release that bitterness and judgment and blame and not have to have a conversation about it with that person. Like I can forgive someone without talking to them about it. And I can forgive someone and then still use that memory, that information, that trauma to hold my like to hold myself accountable to say, "Oh, I'm still reliving this in my body. Like let's let it go. It's time to let that go." And so and then to not, you know, keep bringing it up because it feels good to like feel it and, you know, whatever. And hash through and get kind of high off of that, but to really just like let it go. So I've noticed like over the last week, cause that was the one before how I've just been really like my inbox has more emails in it than it ever has. <laughs> like normally I keep that shit at zero, zero. Um, I keep it so organized and now I'm like, I don't have to, like I'm going to like still keep it organized because I enjoy that. But when I'm doing it because out of like that fawn or freeze, I'm just going to not. And so anyways, it's been crazy. I wanted to say too on that, it's
0: really interesting to observe the way that our open centers do play into, you know, they compound upon this nervous system, like, you know, response that That is dysregulated like that dysregulated nervous system is like a recipe for not self in our undefined centers and the more regulated we are in our nervous system it's still an awareness journey of understanding your undefined centers but when you have that dysregulation it just is like a magnet for not self right like for for both of us talking about this fawn energy it really comes up to the the undefined ego heart center for me Like feeling like I need to prove myself, feeling like I need to show everyone that I care and that I'm like, so like kind and supportive and loving and like needing to sacrifice what I want on the material plane for what others and and how that affects my self-worth and what I believe that I am deserving of as far as like claiming what I need or whatever. And like for you the same, but also with the undefined root. And of course, both of us having undefined snake rules of like, you know, the pressure to do everything to do, do, do. And then that being compounded by this, like, you know, nervous system, um, dysregulation that's making you want to, you know, also flight, like keep going, keep going, that nervousness, that hyper arousal, and then the like people pleasing, like, it's really interesting to see how those things can just increase our opportunity for not
1: self in our undefined centers. And being two fours with Fawn, I was yes, thinking about too. Like, for that's sure, like...
0: which we talked about in the last episode. Like I catch myself in that shit hard. And I'm like, Dana, sit the fuck down. They can get their own chair. They can get their <laughs> yeah. own glass of water. And if they ask you for it, like that's a different story. But you don't need to be like eagle eye, making sure everyone is always perfect and safe and comfortable and like sacrificing yourself in that
1: process. Yes. And interesting that you brought up, like with me doing all the things in high school and being a projector, mm-hmm. I got so sick in mm. high school. i I got mono uh, for three months. I was taken out of school and I had to make up the semesters. I mean, the the classes all summer. Um, and I just got so sick. My body literally shut down and I had that awareness. Like last night I was going to bed and I was like, oh my God, I'm a projector. <laughs> Duh. And I was <laughs> like, I'm a projector. And like that shit, like I did get really sick. And in college, I was doing all the fucking things and I was working two jobs and still doing all the college classes and I was so like literally running myself into the ground where I would work. I would do classes like starting at 6.30. We had our freaking thing and then do classes all day and then I would go to freaking Victoria's Secret it was where I was working at the, uh, what is that? What's that place called? Highland. Hollywood and Highland. Yeah. And... I would work there until like one or two in the morning because we had to clean up the whole store and take hours after closing because there's so many fucking home. underwear.
0: Walk home yeah, alone by in the dark in downtown Hollywood. It's like super sketch. Yeah. Which that came up in my second breathwork. question. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Oh, but, they um, all click
0: together. See, I've had this theory that we're going to build on top of each other. The um,
1: I think so too. So, but with, with, Doing that, like literally, and then waking up the next day at 6 30, not knowing I'm a projector, just being like, I can do it, I can do everything, whatever, right? And getting zero sleep. I started getting strep throat. Remember mm-hmm. every, yes, yeah, every yeah, every other month, I would get yeah. strep throat and I would be sick for a few weeks. And then I would like just be recovering, just be doing fine, and boom, get strep throat again. And I literally had to go get my tonsils removed. And that was a whole other traumatic experience. <laughs> but <Yeah>. um, but <laughs> I had to get my tonsils removed. And now looking back, it's like, oh my God, it's because I'm a freaking projector. And I was literally doing like the exact opposite of what my body needed. And, and oh, this then is I had... Me- This is making me feel really sentimental actually.
0: Like I feel like I was there when you almost died from strep throat several times. Like remember you came to my parents' house for Christmas one year and we were like 18 and you got strep throat and you were asleep in my bed for like two whole weeks. You like didn't move. My parents were so worried about you. They're like, should we call somebody? Should we call her parents? Like, should we go in and check on her? And I'm like, she's fine. Like not knowing.
1: I literally came with you for the whole Christmas break. And then I got sick the whole time. And I remember being out and like, like Eric coming to check on me, like, do you need water? And like barely being alive to say like, yes, like I was <laughs> dying. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's because I was just doing too much, which I didn't know then. I thought like, oh, something's wrong with my health or like something, you know, I, I don't know how I'm keep catching this and And you're whatever. so young,
0: when you're so young like that, you know, 17, 18, 19, for a lot of us, it's like, you can power through. And for some people, they just power through and power through because they never find out they're a projector. And then when they turn 45, like it really all crumbles. And like to not know, to think back to the times where you didn't know, you didn't have the validation of, like, oh, I was a projector doing this. I thought I was just. I put in quotes, a regular person, you know, getting sick <laughs> or going through this or whatever. But I mean, just not having that awareness, but like still yeah. having the experience and like going back in, in um,
1: and, um, and here's the crazy thing is that I realized last night, as I'm thinking about this, that since starting day Luna and since finding out I was a projector before that, I have not been sick. Whoa. I have not had one cold. I have not. I'm like going to knock on wood because I'm not saying (laughs) that like getting sick means you're out of alignment. I'm not saying that at all, Uh but just crazy fucking dink that I literally have not been sick since finding out I'm a projector and quitting my job and like starting to honor my design every single day as much as I possibly can. Like, I'm still one of those people that has not had COVID. God, I really need to knock on someone. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that's attached to it, but I've always been like, that's fucking crazy. Like, maybe it's a blood type thing. Maybe it's a whatever. But I just had that realization. Like, I got sick so much before knowing I was a projector. And then afterwards, like, literally have not been sick. And I've been this whole time, like, my immune system's just strong. I don't know what it is. And now I know what it is. And it's that I really try to do the least well but I mean I don't I don't know it's like with my nervous system so anyways that was a really long fucking tangent on that (laughs) but just crazy 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 things to reflect on so part two aka long episode but you know what when I'm listening to a long episode on podcasts you know like you can pause it and come back when you want so feel free to do that
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> my second one is really, <laughs> my second one is actually really short so i'll go first you know it's not too much to tell my second one was a lot more restorative i think because i was still integrating from the first one that like blew my freaking soul into another dimension meeting these light beings and getting ac- this like activation and and after that activation i felt it every moment of every day since like i've been integrating it and i feel like on a cellular level i feel this activation that I was
1: saved So Same. with my in- like light part, I literally was like, it was Thanksgiving the next fucking day after this. And he's like, make sure you eat really healthy, like clean foods. I was like, bitch, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. <laughs> like I know you're in Australia, but like, well, like we're eating pie and like mashed potatoes. Um, but anyways, I was like sitting in the bathroom in Brian's parents' house and the window was open and, like, the light was shining down on the freaking plants. And I was literally just sobbing because of how beautiful and, like, that plant is me and that light is me. And, like, this music that I'm listening to is me and, like, washing my face. Like, I was literally, like, I'm washing my face with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I was in it for (laughs) (laughs) days and days and days.
0: At Thanksgiving, Jared and I took a shower at my parents' house and the bathroom upstairs has, um, the window has just uh, regular, what are they called? Blinds that were open, but they were like down. And so the light was shining through And the shower. The room was all steamy and the light coming through, Jared stopped me and he goes, look, this looks exactly like the dimension lights in Interstellar because it was like shadow um, oh my light God. with the steam, shadow, light with the steam, like in stripes. And we had a whole moment and I was like, babe, send us a message. Send our, our future children the message in the future. And he did it. He went through, you know, how you touch the different yeah. light things and like send like a message. And it was just like such a sweet moment. And I was just on that plane and he was right there with me, uh, reflecting me because he has oh. like, you know, <laughs> undefined emotional center. We were so in it. And then that night, we had these like distant cousins that are younger that we haven't seen since they were little. They came over, and the, one of the girls just went upstairs, snuck away, and started playing Interstellar on
1: the piano. No fucking way!
0: Yeah, that night, and my sister who has listened to our podcast with Julie Janesis, where we talk about interstellar and like that being a similar yeah. thing all of our dads. My sister just looks at me and she's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And starts crying. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. And like that moment, we had this like interstellar moment. And like, anyway, so like I was blasted to a new level, feeling like a straight up alien at my <laughs>
1: Thanksgiving dinner table, <laughs> as per usual, but a
0: little more this time.
1: Yeah, literally. I was like, I can't. But then I was not fawning over Thanksgiving, which was great. Like I was just kind of sitting and relaxing, and I was like, "This is a thing." Like I didn't know this was a thing. Okay. Anyways, okay. Part two.
0: Keep it short. Okay, so my second breathwork class, I was really integrating. I took it a bit more easy. Um, I did a bit more of like a restorative breath, just to like let myself be there instead of going so deep with my breath. And but I had this really like potent vision of becoming these like different goddess archetypes. So like the first one that happened, my body stretched to this huge, like 40 foot tall woman. And I had this like posture, like my body, like held this like strong arms. where I was like pushing down and it was like this warrior goddess archetype that I like became. And I sat in that for a a while, just feeling so powerful and so sharp and so strong. And like this divine feminine warrior goddess, like 40 foot tall. Like I felt like my body was 40 feet tall and holding that posture. And it was so physical, like in my body, my posture changed and it activated certain muscles. And then as I was breathing, I was like pushing down and like feeling my strength. And then I shifted into a different archetype of... This like Lakshmi abundance goddess, like with just gold and like crystals and like all of these riches around me. And I just sat back in this lotus flower and I felt so abundant, like just abundance was dripping out of me. And there was all of this beauty and like gems and crystals. And I just sat in that frequency of pure abundance and beauty and um, never ending riches and, and, and that was really beautiful. It was super soft. And I felt that every muscle in my body just soften. And I also felt this flowing, like almost like, I want to say like mother's milk coming out of me and dripping and extending. And it was very like this fluid, soft body sensation that I felt as I was getting this visual. And then the third one was this like Wild woman sexual, like Kundalini snake goddess archetype that I became, and my whole body, like uncontrollably, started uh, like slithering like a snake, especially my back and my spine. And I felt so much sexual energy come through me, like my entire body was just beaming with sexual energy, and I was like this got- goddess sexual dancing and my arms were moving. And I tried at one point, I kind of came into my more conscious awareness and I was like, what am I doing with my body? So I put my hands down, I stopped moving, but my, my spine couldn't stop moving. I was just undulating in this really slow snake, like super sexual energy motion. And that was the third like goddess archetype that I felt myself become. And I sat in that one the longest, And I felt all of this power and creativity and sexuality and like, it was a different energy that I'm used to being in. It was a bit more, reminded me of jaguar energy from my ayahuasca vision, like a bit more low and mysterious and deep than I think sometimes I allow myself to be. Like Sometimes I'm more of that dolphin energy of really bubbly and light. And this was like a really earthy, powerful, like a bit darker kind of, um, when I say dark, I don't mean in a, in a negative way. I just mean in a, maybe like dark soil in the earth kind of way. Does that make sense? Anyway, so I felt those three goddess archetypes. and It was so interesting because I felt I saw them as visions and energetically I saw myself embodying them. But then on a physical level, I felt my body and my muscles Tune in with those different archetypes and experience them in a physical way as I was breathing in, kind of an uncontrollable uh, way, <laughs> which was really wow. cool and weird. So that was that was my whole thing. But each one was so powerful in such a different way, like really strong, and then really soft, and then very, very sexual and like orgasmic, almost like uh, you know, pleasureful in my physical body.
1: Wow. That's crazy and also um, really fucking cool. Mine was sexual too, (laughs) which is crazy. Um, But mine was kind of uh, in in the beginning, really restorative. I was like, okay, nothing's like, you know, I'm just like breathing in my body. And I was like, huh, like this is a possible thing with breath work. I didn't, I never experienced that. And so, but my body wasn't tight at all. Which that's the first for me. And um, and so I was just breathing and I was there. And then what happened? I'm trying to figure out what was triggering what where I was like, where am I going? Because it's interesting. With this one, I kept disassociating. And I was like, okay, don't like come back to to my body. Like, what is for me here? Why do why am I disassociating? Like, what is triggering me to not want to face right now? And to dissociate. And so it took me a few times to do that. And then I felt this like tightness once again in like my like sacral sexual like hips part of my body. And I was like, okay, what is for me here? And, you know, just for a little bit of history and there, I don't know if this is like a trigger warning for some people, but I have always struggled like in relationships where I am in a long-term relationship. My sex drive will be like really high in the beginning. And when I'm single, my sex drive is really high. And then when I'm in a long-term relationship, it just kind of like dwindles. And I get to this place where I just like don't want to have sex, but I do. And I don't feel connected to my sexual energy. And I have had sexual assault before. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe it's from that. I'm not sure. And so, like, that's almost like the obvious thing to pin it on, um, like in my conscious mind. And so, in this place, I was like, okay, I guess we're going here. And I keep disassociating because I don't want to. I don't know. My body is like too scared to look in this place. So, I was like, okay, I'm coming back. I kept bringing myself back. Like, we're feeling, what is this tightness? Why is it here? And I was brought back to... I was like, okay, when was the earliest time that I felt this tightness? And the earliest time was when I was in high school. I was taking dances 13 hours a week. And I was taking ballet. And in ballet, they teach you to tuck your hips and uh, for all of the movement. So my hips were are really tight in general. Like, they always have been super tight. I've always been, like, nervous about when I, you know, go through childbirth that, like, you know, whatever. My hips are going to be too tight. And I also have issues with, like, going to the bathroom because my hips are too tight. And, like, all of those muscles are just really tight and they, like, spasm. So, anyways, TMI, but nobody gives a fuck because that's just who we are. But I, that first memory was, like, in ballet, tightening my hips, um, and down and tucking my pelvis down while at the same time, being super religious and into the church, at the same time, going through puberty, and like having sexual energy for the first time and crushes on boys and like having dance partners where like they're lifting you and all the things and getting this messaging, such hard messaging from the church, like holding hands leads to sex. Like like don't hold hands, don't kiss, don't flirt, like all the things. Sex is bad at my like puberty moment and ballet, like tightening my hips where I really like tightened in this energy around this area, right? So that was the first place that I felt this. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Okay. And then like flash to me like moments of me hiding my sexual energy to seem uh less noticeable when I'm in places where I'm uncomfortable. And so the first place was walking home from Victoria's Secret every single night. Um, at fucking one, two in the morning by myself, like 10 blocks down to our school by myself at night. And I remember during that time, like I had a boyfriend from high school and obviously family and friends and like, but I didn't know any of my friends really in college yet. Cause this was like first, second, third semester and telling people like I'm walking home, you know, at night by myself and nobody giving a fuck. Like literally no one caring at all. Like being like, yeah, cool. And walking home like super tight in my body, like literally like how you like kind of cover everything you can with your arms wrapped in front of you and like tucking in my hips and like walking really fast and like covering myself up to not be noticed because I don't want to be attacked or whatever, right? And so that becoming like my norm of how I keep myself safe. And then having the realization of, you know, just in any of my jobs where I'd have a male boss, like kind of doing the same thing because my body was going into that response of like, I don't want to be noticed. I don't want to be whatever. Right. And so then I kind of had this realization how when I am uncomfortable. It's like, this is all really complex. When I am uncomfortable, I feel like that is the time where sexual energy is like, you have to be uncomfortable to be sexual because like they're attached to each other. So I have a higher sex drive when I'm single because I'm not comfortable with these men that I'm, you know, dating or whatever. So I'm feeling like those two things are attached. And then once I get comfortable with a partner, I have no sex drive because those are attached to each other. Like I have to be uncomfortable to have sex. And so then when I do have sex, like I'm like, yeah, okay. In that, because it's like, it's literally like it's attached for me.
0: Wow. That's so mind blowing that you said that because... First of all, like it's just crazy to me that our experiences sort of mirror, like we didn't talk about this, we didn't talk about it before, we didn't talk, like this is the first time we're talking about it. And the fact that both of us had this really like sexual experience in the second one, and it's crazy that you say that because I just realized as you said it that I, when I was the final sexual goddess archetype, I had this mantra that was repeating over and over and over and over again, and it was, safe is sexy. Safe is sexy. Safe is sexy. Safe is sexy over and over and over and over again. And I was feeling in my own thing, like what that means is like in order to be this open and like this tapped into your sexual energy flowing freely, like you have to feel safe. So like I was having that mantra. Over and over and over again, safe is sexy. And I was feeling free and wild and all the things because safe is sexy. But it's just crazy that you had this realization around safety and sexy sexual energy. Yeah. And And that it's like attached to a trauma response.
1: Because of a trauma response, and also feeling like I feel really safe around Brian. I feel really safe around my partners in the past. Like it's nothing to do with does this person make me feel safe? It's does my body, is my body able to release this trauma response and realize that it's, that you can be sexy and be safe? Because in my body, it's like my body's response is that sex equals unsafe. And so when you're having sex, it's because you're with someone that you're uncomfortable with. And so it like, it sparks it. Or it's like, once you're comfortable, then you're, you're not like, there's no sexual energy there because it's like, it's like intertwined for me. And so trying to like reteach my body that it's safe to be sexy. That's a perfect mantra for kind of explaining and understanding this, that it's like all fucking intertwined for me. And so I just never realized, I just never realized it. So I was just once again crying and like saying like I'm sorry like I was like each partner that I've had in my life like apologizing to them not for like you know anything that I should or should have done or whatever but apologizing of the sense of like I'm sorry that my body didn't feel safe around you and I had no awareness. Like, I'm sorry for my lack of awareness here. And it's not like our relationships ended because of that at all. Like, it's never been like that big of an issue in my relationships. And like, I I would say that we still have like a healthy sex life. It's just that my body's response has never been, it's like out of my control. And it's like my mind my mind is like, yeah, like whatever, but my body is in this like tight place and it's just crazy to me how intertwined those are. So I just had all these fucking realizations and I, and I still feel like there were things that came up in that breath work that I then immediately went to go right down and I couldn't remember them.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I was yeah. like, okay, I was, like, disassociating a bit here because this is a big deal for me. So I think that this is going to be something that I'm, like, going to continue to work on and, like, release. But just even having awareness of, like, oh, okay, I disassociate during sex. I disassociate during this experience, like, this breathwork experience of, like, realizing how my sexual energy has been, like, really... um. Guarded and like, and that it is like a complex trauma. It is, mm-hmm. and so yeah. it's just kind of crazy. But and interesting about like the the church and like my religious yeah. upbringing, like during puberty, uh, yeah, and how like that really. Yes. really fucked and some shit up. <laughs> okay. We need to
0: have a whole separate episode on this because I haven't even talked to you about this yet, but I just recently went down a rabbit hole deeper than most for me about Adam and Eve, about the Dan Brown um, novel Da Vinci Code and like the message behind it of the sacred feminine being um, purposely hidden by the church in you know the rewriting of the Bibles and of like Jesus, you know, being with Mary Magdalene and the whole thing, because I grew up in a non-religious background. So none of that stuff was in my awareness at all, which I talked about on this podcast before I'm like learning for the first time, like, what is the story of Adam and Eve? And like, what happens when she bites the apple, and like, why are women um, cast away as second-class citizens and of the root of original evil in the world, um, like all of that <laughs> stuff? Um, so, I want to have a whole podcast episode just talking about that, and I'm going to pick your brain about all of the things that you
1: learned. Well, I don't know because my memory's not great because I fucking disassociated oh, my whole <laughs> life. But I mean, Apparently. yeah, that's
0: heavy. And think about how many people listening have had that same experience of their sexuality yeah. being re- repressed because of their religion, um, because of the things that they were being taught and programmed at a formative age where their sexual energy was coming online for the first time in their body, and, um, which is already
1: overwhelming. And that it's like my mind sexual energy is totally like can see that and recognize it and like ha- totally like over it and like expanded and but now not knowing how physically in my body how to um either not disassociate or not uh feel like ha- how to disconnect the unsafe like how to create safe is sexy right <laughs> um uh and sexy is safe i would almost say that too because it's like yes safe is For sexy sure. but also like sexy is safe. Like it's okay. It's safe to be sexy. You're not gonna get attacked or like taken advantage of or judge that you're like trying to, you know, take advantage or get away with something or manipulate, or you know, there's so much fucking messaging that we have around sexy. And it's just fucking crazy. So that was the first like part of my breath work and just so many memories with with past like boyfriends and stuff and times where you like really don't want to have sex, but then you do because they want to, and it just feels awful. And, you know, I'm sure that a lot of women listening have experienced that. And that is not my reality in my marriage or with my current partner, but it's definitely been a reality in the past with past partners. And I just, so just so much of that came through, but then I like cried and released it and was breathing through it. And, um, I started feeling this. Oh, and I forgot to mention in my last one, I was feeling this Kundalini energy like this. Like when all those doors are opening up, I was like mm. opening up doors, like down at like my root and sacral and like spine. And like I was undulating and like that was kind of coming up. So in this one, um, these like circuits kind of came out of my body and like went down into the earth and like some circuits came up from the earth and into my body and i was like drinking from the earth like receiving and giving and it was like the this like this is going to sound fucking weird but this um, <laughs> <laughs> it is this like a little uh like earth spirit Came up and like, like, used its hands and like, uh, like, like that, like, used its hands, like, wiping, like, uh, taking, taking energy, like, that's no, like, holding me back, um, from my sacral, like, hip sexual, like, womb space. This, like, earth like energy earth, spirit earth nim or like whatever those yeah like this little earth spirit came in like i was connected into the earth was it kind of like circuits. an animal but like
0: a nim no
1: well so yes animals did come <laughs> but first it was this like earth spirit being that did came did you see it visually or was it just like a feeling of it no there? i both i saw it visually and felt it so it was like a tiny little thing with
0: kind of little pause in
1: it. No, it was like a, I don't want to say a human, but it, like that kind of sh- vibe, like being, like it had a face um, and it just came and was like clearing out energy there and like taking it into oh. the earth, like, like. Taking out and then like these little like fairy beings and like uh animals, spirit animals were like coming in, like it was almost like they were harvesting the uh clearing out. They were clearing out my forest. They mm-hmm. were clearing out my harvest that like weeding of the, your garden, weeding my garden, thank you, um, out of my womb and like like Clearing that shit out for me, and they were like delighted to do so. They were like, oh thank you! I want all these like oh, overripe these carrots." Weeds back in. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I of my weeds. cave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> exactly. They Hold were like munching those weeds.
0: <laughs> anyone who is listening and who has made it to this point is our is our real bitches only because they I are know. here. This, in this combo
1: insane. Um. Okay. Sorry. I'll try to wrap this up. So then they came and cleared that out. And then with these circuits, it was like this feeling of like, I almost heard this voice that it was like, this is what it's like to take and receive and give like in a healthy way where it's like, you're not over giving. You're not giving because you should. And you're not guilty that you're receiving or asking too much. It's like, this is what it feels like in your body. And I like felt it to like receive something and to like give something. And it felt like really um, good. Like it like almost like felt like not orgasmic, but like in my like, like turn on if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I like, Literally just felt so much energy in like my sexual organs. And it was just like charging up and releasing and giving and all the things. And then towards the end, I like laid there. I was like laying in the earth and like this like golden uh, egg almost came like, like started in my womb and grew bigger and bigger and bigger until it was like wrapping me completely in this golden egg. And then every part of this golden egg, like realized was like little beings of all of the people and guides and um that were connected to me or guiding me or supporting me ancestors from every past life I've ever had. So it was like millions of little little wow. beings were coming out of my womb in this egg, like birthing out of me and then surrounding me. In like all the iterations of my soul and beings and support and everything like coming out of me, but then surrounding me and like holding me, embracing me as if I'm now the embryo in this egg should be like birthed out. It's like I birthed the egg and then I was the embryo in the egg and every single iteration of my lives and people that have supported me were created the egg. It was really fucking heady, but... Insane, and I was just laying in that, and then of course Tim was like, "Okay, start wiggling your hands and feet and toes," and I was
0: like, <laughs> "Type in the comments how you're
1: feeling." Like I'm in the
0: golden egg of all my ancestors and guides in every past life and every iteration of my soul's
1: existence, and I birth the egg, but I'm also <laughs> am the <Excited>. egg.
0: <laughs> wow,
1: wow, that's so beautiful. Literally. Like the cosmic egg symbology
0: is something that comes to me too, and that's yeah. really beautiful.
1: And then after this breath work, we uh, solidified Bali, like literally because they like sent the payment link to like confirm the uh, resort. And so I did that and I texted you like, Bali happening, like in this super raw space. And uh, you sent back Some eggs and some two birds hatched, like (laughs) fucking, like super happy, excited. I was like, oh shit, okay, we are. And, um, but after this, after that last breath work, I was energized. Like the first one, I was like exhausted and, and, then going into the second one, I was like, I don't know. I'm too raw. I don't think I can do this. Like, this is too much for my system. And then coming out of it, I was like so energized. Like, I was silly and goofy and playful, like in the house with Brian and just like feeling like, I don't know, hatched. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, wow, that's so amazing. Also, it blows my mind sometimes. Like we spend way too much time together, and our brainwaves are interwoven into one brainwave, literally. Wave. <laughs> because the fact that I sent you those eggs and those birds, and that you had just had that golden egg experience, but <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> but of course, right? Like why, why not? Like yeah. And also, it's interesting. It sounds like those little like urban spirits and beings that were giving you this activation. Like I had this like specifically star people activation in, in mind previously. And you had specifically this earth activation, beings of the earth activating and giving you that symbiosis and that safety and the sexual energy of reproduction and creation and all of this stuff.
1: Yeah. Which I've never been somebody who's like, Connected with like fairies and little yeah. nymphs, you know. But I'm not <laughs> like you on if you do until you are until you get like no, your garden, your womb garden weeded by weeded. earth nymph. <laughs> earth I never nymph.
0: was a I never was a fairy person either. Like I had just never connected with them. And people are like, "Really, you seem like a fairy person?" And I'm like, no, "Never." <laughs> and then yeah, the first time I did, I was like, "Oh." here they are. And I feel like I'm, as we're talking, I'm like, we should have a whole podcast on this. We should have a whole podcast on that. Um, I think it'd be cool to do a whole podca- podcast on like, uh, myth- mystical beings, because it's actually something that I think about a lot in my own uh, spiritual journey. And that I haven't shared at all on this podcast. So it might be fun to either have an expert come on or, you know, share just kind of our insights on it in another podcast, but, and the divine feminine, Dan Brown, Garden of Eden, I'm holding to that. Yes, I think we're going to do an episode on that. Um, for sure. But for everyone listening, thank you for being here with us to the end of this long storytelling. <laughs> thank telling. you for and I, making it this far. Yeah. And I just know, I just know how this works by now. The fact that all of us souls that are riding these same frequencies and feeling these same collective energies, we experience our own journey but we also are so connected. We are in the end, you know, one source, one god, one universe living as facets of individuals. And so we know and trust that what we experience is something that will resonate with you and that you have your own stories that need to be heard and that are coming to light and that are being shown love on from us sharing our stories and vice versa when we hear the stories of others. So We really encourage you, if you're listening, to sit with, as we are speaking, what are your stories that have been coming up? And as we've shared the traumas in our lives that have come up, has anything come up for you? And, you know, I think that this season is a big time to share our voices. That's one of the things that we focused on in Your Human Design Besties, our online community membership this month, was learning about your voice and learning how important it is for all of us to be using our voices and to understand how our voice is designed to be used because every single person in this life has a powerful voice and is meant to express themselves. Like Shana was saying in the beginning, it's one of the greatest gifts and it's one of the true pure gifts that you can give from who you are is your voice is your story. So honoring that and in sharing your voice in a way that's right for you and that's designed for you, is so crucial. And that's something that Shane and I are just reminding ourselves of, being more vulnerable and sharing our stories in just a more free-flowing way because we have Gate 56 and honoring our four lines of just sharing like we're the only people in the room and letting you all be our best friends, which we feel on like a core level. So I hope that this um, has been illuminating for you and shows you the ways that It's time for you to share your story and shine your light. We are all in this together. We are excited about breathwork and to be able to find the ways that we want to share it with our community to help us all support ourselves more in facing our fears and living our designs and being emboldened and clearing that, you know, body dysregulation that might be holding us back in a more physical way from honoring our energetics. And for everyone in Bali, you know, all of our people that we're going to connect with in the retreat, uh, the fact that we are here, it is happening, like the tickets are, you know, going to be live on December 6th. So maybe after this, this podcast airs, the doors will
1: already be be open. Um, I think they'll be open the next day. Or okay. that this day, today yeah. doors are open. I think. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> but
0: like I feel I. That's another big part of my breath work is just feeling coming together, and we are the leaders of this new paradigm shift. Like, if you are listening, you are here to change the consciousness of this planet. It is no mistake that we are born in this time. It is no mistake that we are the ones that are doing the healing work to break these generational cycles and to do the healing and to show up in our power and to change the way that the world works based on what is true and real for us. It takes bravery. It takes healing. It takes coming together and connecting and amplifying and witnessing one another. It takes connecting to our love instead of our fear. So I am here for that, and I am excited to just connect with the people who are able to come in that deeper, more personal way, and then to be able to extend that love and amplification that we create to everyone who is a part of this Daylima community.
1: Yeah, I can feel the energy of all the people that are coming. I don't know who it is yet because the doors haven't opened, but I already have just been feeling the frequency that we are going to be creating in that future version of ourselves. and. It's just really exciting. this new paradigm is here. it's happening it's here. And we are all ushering it in
0: it's and us. the
1: more yeah, the more accountability that we have, the more healing, the more we go there and deepen our awareness like the, the more we lead and the more we heal the world around us and it's really powerful. So if you want it if you're feeling called to join us in Bali, I it's so funny with Egypt they said like, you know beacons kind of get sent out to people to come and i feel that with this bali trip is like beacons have been going out even before we announced bali i just feel like these beacons have been going out and so if you're feeling that call you can go learn more about it the doors open december 6th at 9 a.m pacific standard time you can learn all the details on daylunalife.com bali-retreat. I'm pretty sure that's the link, but everything's on DaylunarLife.com. also on our Instagram. And use your authority uh, with, with this decision. It's so important that you use your authority. So if you're not sure how, we have some podcasts on using your authority that you can check in with. Um, But last time our retreats sold out in a few hours. I don't know what's going to happen this time. I'm setting zero expectations. I'm just really trusting all the the souls that are going to be there and everyone's authorities um, and our guides. But yeah you can check it out on our website. And we just cannot wait to give you a big squeeze and to dive into this new paradigm with with all of you. We love you. Thanks for listening this far. If you made it here, have a beautiful rest (laughs) of your day. We would love to hear from you and how, if you've experienced breath work or if anything came up for you. So don't be a stranger and we love you and we'll talk to you soon.